0: Something.
1: Meet me. Hey, Roadrunners! I'm Sandra Marino, host of the Runner Roundtable, and I'm here with my co-host, Angelique Gonzalez, and a very special guest, Jim Hurtado. Jim Hurtado is the combat medic in the army. He's here today to share with us and our listeners his life experiences in the army. Hi, Jim. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today?
2: I'm fantastic today.
1: How do you feel about CSUB?
2: Uh, My first one of my first college campuses, to be honest. So it's like a whole new life. It's actually It's kind of interesting from my side, so it's just all new to me. Oh, nice. It's all good.
0: Um, So let's start off by asking you, um, what made you choose the Army branch? Uh,
2: So I actually gone through all of them when I was first trying to get an idea of what I I wanted. But uh, originally, years ago, my father was actually in the Army. So Mm -hmm. I think I kind of had this bias inside me just to kind of lean towards them more. And I I had checked out like Air Force, Marines, and just from things I'd heard and kind of talking to the recruiters. And and by the end of it, I decided, you know what, might as well stick with the Army. They had the job I wanted. They had kind of, I knew the most about them. So Mm -hmm. it kind of drove me that route to kind of commit to them.
1: Oh, that's nice. So you kind of wanted to be like your father?
2: Yeah, in a way. I mean, I always feel like growing up, a lot of people look up to their parents, and I wasn't any different. I wanted to follow follow him that way, at least.
0: Did he ever, like, kind of, like, um, give you advice to join the army, or he just didn't, like...
2: No, he, he never... Re- well, he mentioned stories every now and then, but he never kind of pushed either myself or my brother towards it at all. He just, just would tell us stories every now and then if it pertained to something, but mm-hmm. that was it. Besides that, he never was like, oh, you should think about the military, think about a branch, or think of Even when I was considering joining the military and brought it up to him, he wasn't pushing me towards the army. He wasn't explaining, it. I just asked some stories and he'd give me his own, and that'd mm-hmm. be it. He wouldn't try to push me towards anything.
0: So that was something um, you always wanted, or that was, that was only something like in high school that like kind of caught your interest?
2: I think in high school afterwards, towards the end, I was always, I, was, I into to school and studying towards the end of high school, and I think I just got tired of it in a way. I just didn't want to do school right after again, so I wanted something different. And I saw the recruiter tables and kind of, just one day it's like, hey, I'll talk to them. And they set up an interview, and the rest is history after that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, was there a time after you enlisted that you immediately regretted it?
2: Uh, probably, <laughs> probably one of the very first few days of reception after mm-hmm. they take you and you fly you fly out. Um, my base was in Fort Benning, Georgia, so flying there and then you're in bunks and you wake up by yourself like one of those first few mornings I woke up and it was kind of like wow it hit me more so um, I'm by myself now Like it's it's different just being away from family for a little bit but then being away again and realizing all right I'm starting this new chapter and this is my adventure this is all me and you're starting on your own it just kind of hits you it hits to people at different times but for me it was pretty early on
0: um, so how do you get assigned a military occupation and did you want to be a combat medic?
2: So, yeah, I, I did. I, um, through high school I had done this medical program, this biomedical program. So I was medical all four years, started with like sports medicine and then went up to like emergency room training and then like different aspects of medicine. And so I knew I wanted to do medical. And when I went to the offices, they kind of give you a list of jobs. You take the ASVAB, you get a score. Um, whatever your score is they take it and they're like all right you are eligible for these jobs mm-hmm. so they give you a list and you decide oh I want that and they show you a little video about oh this is what you might do this is what you could do this is blah 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 and so on so me I know I wanted something medical I wasn't interested in any anything else any infantry any engineering any mechanic stuff whatever I wanted medical mm-hmm. and they show me the common medic and to me it was making a difference in medicine I wanted to think about what would make the most difference and to me that was right when the injury happens, right when something Helping happens. Helping others. Yeah, exactly. That golden hour of mm-hmm. saving someone's life. You could be that difference and to me being on the front lines with soldiers, you know, in combat like that's to me that that kind of sung to me in a little way. So that's why I decided and that's kind of why I decided oh it showed up for me and I was like I want that and that's how I went.
0: Is there anything that you, you didn't like about being a combat
2: medic? Uh, so you do so, you can be a combat medic and it's also a healthcare specialist. They're kind of interta- interchangeable. Um, combat medic is when you are part of a, a line unit. It's uh, Line units are platoons of about 30 guys and you're kind of you're their medic for that platoon. You're kind of like the, the mom, I like to call it. Because mm-hmm. you hand out the medicines when they get sick, but then if something happens, you're also there to take care of them. And then on the other side, you're considered a healthcare specialist when you're working in clinics, working in hospitals, and just doing the day-to-day blood pressure, sticks, IVs, kind of any any other clinical kind of screenings or anything. You do it that way. But, I mean, it, it's all, it, it depends on the kind of day. Some days I liked what I did. Some days I was, I wanted the other side, or it wasn't enough for me. I'm thinking, this is, this is a boring day. I wish I was mm-hmm. out doing training or out doing this, or even on deployment, like, wish I went on that mission or it's just it just depends on the day mostly but for overall I think like I loved all of it how
1: did you feel about like since you worked as a combat when you were a medic how did you feel like how do you feel about blood
2: I was never too squeamish about it no no and at first I was squeamish um towards more innards, more um like, actual inner parts of the body, like, seeing them come out or seeing them, like, oh, that's supposed to be in there, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of, it is off-putting the first, first few times you see it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I just became desensitized to it. And so, so, I mean, for good or for worse, it, it kind of just worked out for me. So now I'm okay with it. And
0: Do you remember, like, the first time you've seen, like, something yeah. gory?
2: Yeah, and the thing that stuck out for me most is the smell of it. Like, oh, okay. it's just, this. It's weird to describe this, the smell of it, but... Is so it the that, same as blood, like, no, like no, copper?
1: No no. no. no,
2: but it's very... I don't know, it's just different. It kind of... That was another thing I never thought about. And then it kicks you. I'm like, oh, that's... I want to know what that smell is, and then.
0: So. So is the smell that bugged you the most?
2: Yeah. Because it stays in there, too, afterwards. It's, it's, Alright, cool. Was and
0: it with one that was, like, alive?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. The first time.
0: So...
2: That was...
0: So, like, what do you think was something you felt like you took for granted while you were a civilian?
2: Very, very minimal things. Uh, comfy bed, having my own access to food, being, like, everything kind of growing up with in your own home, with, or under your parents or anything, or even being able to kind of have that freedom, go do whatever you want, whenever you want just because a lot of the things might not be available for your stationed, or if you're deployed, you don't have a lot of those amenities available to you. And some, things like showering every day or getting a shower, sometimes you go weeks without showering and you get this mm-hmm. new smell by yourself. <laughs> um, the food, yeah, very, took any kind of food for granted now. So to me, uh, uh, someone might think it's a terrible piece of meat or a piece of turkey or whatever, and I love it. So, you know, it, it just depends. I mean, a lot of things, really.
0: Okay, so um, MREs are um, meals ready to eat. They're individual field rations for when food is not available. So which one do you think was your favorite? The beef, ravioli. beef ravioli. There's
2: the beef ravioli one. It came with um, obviously beef ravioli, and then it, uh, <laughs> it had crackers and cheese. And so a lot of them have crackers. They're like these really the driest crackers you could imagine. And this really like hard cheese, you yeah, have to kind of, there's this trick, because you get a heater in it, and you mm-hmm. can melt the cheese a little bit. <laughs> it's like really weird melty cheese on these dry crackers, and then this, it was great.
0: How does that work? How do you warm it up if it's in a bag? It has
2: a, it's like the water-activated heater, mm-hmm. so it's this little green bag you tear open. You just pour a little bit of water from your canteen or wherever in, and it heats up. I don't know, some science stuff, but heats it up, and you just put your whatever you want to heat up in there, mm-hmm. give it a few minutes, and then it's ready. It's all pretty hot, too. And you could do little fun things like we can make MRE bombs, and you can make those <laughs> stuff, like.
1: Did you ever like get like food poisoning? Because I mean, you're not used to the food.
2: I uh, get constipated a lot, so you use a lot of um, laxatives. Not laxatives, um, to protect the food, preservatives, preservative, oh, okay. like crazy amount of preservatives in the food because they gotta last forever. And you think mm-hmm. about it, or a long time at least, and so they really block you up. That's <laughs> one of the things you notice. <laughs> and a lot of people do get sick from them too, though. So
0: and you mentioned too that um well off the podcast jim mentioned something about um trading yeah
2: so every time you you open an mre it can kind of turn into an auction basically Mm -hmm. some have candy so some have skittles some have (laughs) m&ms and so you end up with the little not so desirable like just crackers or some weird peanut butter and jelly which some people like i didn't like them you Mm -hmm. could trade them for people and oh, okay. you can work your way and kind of like trading, like you're just trading stuff for try to get your perfect meal of, oh, I want cheese or I want crackers or I want this entree or whatever.
0: What's the worst one you've tried? So um, almond. There's um, an egg.
2: There's an okay. egg almond that one. That's sounds nasty. That it's just, I didn't even try finishing it. I tried oh. a bite of it and I was done. But so, sometimes the, the ones that are <laughs> more disgusting actually have the better sides or the better snacks. So sometimes you make that little trade off.
1: Hmm. I don't think I'd be able to do that over here <laughs> I don't know I not th- sound very pleasant hmm.
0: um, so okay what was this is a weird one what um, what was a song that got you through the day or hyped you up for the day being in the army
2: about halfway through the one I can remember the most is a song called A Toast to the Future Kids by mm-hmm. Emma Rosa it's kind of uh, one of my my buddies during deployment showed it to me and I just could not get that song out of like out of my out of my head at all. And I did everything I could to have that song on the, to the flight home, on all the drives afterwards, and all the time. Even today, I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, something about it, the beat and everything stuck to me, and the lyrics about the future and being optimistic and kind of, everything about it stuck to me.
0: You had to listen to music while you are out in the field?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you bring your own little mp3 players, you can, I mean, whatever you can, you fit, you, you fit, you should be able to carry, and bring with you, you're not gonna give it to somebody else to lug it around for you, so whatever you bring, you better need it, or you better really want it.
0: How's like, um, meeting people, you know, like, you guys like, share, like, music, and...
2: It, it, it's eye-opening, definitely eye-opening. I came from, I was from, I'm from Vegas, so it's already a mixing pot, so I kind of got a, a taste of different cultures already. But um, once you go, you meet people from all over the world. People who try to get citizenship. People who were in other militaries, like around the world, and now they're here in the U.S. And like you get stationed randomly, so you're meeting all these different people, different backgrounds, different music, different religions, everything. And just meeting some people and kind of getting a, a look into their life or their beliefs or even their music and little things, even their like traditions. Like, oh, you don't, you never did this before it's kind of yeah, it's interesting or you learn something new or something like all right weirdo okay, <laughs> cool, thanks. would you, yeah.
0: would you say it's like, almost like a language barrier with some people that you met or
2: yeah uh, there's there's a few people about i know at least three that came in knowing only one language and through basic they have to learn english they have to learn so they can communicate with everyone else obviously and it's just, it's impressive, like, like props to those guys. They, they come in only knowing something, like, they would be Spanish or Tagalog or something. They come in, they learn bits of English, and by the end of it, they, they're pretty, pretty good. Like, they get the, their point across like they need to.
0: So, okay, I was told that, like, boot camp, you have to, like, kind of do things, like, um, like, face your fears and stuff, of things like that. Like, was there anything that you had to do that kind of, like, like scared you, I guess? Uh,
2: heights uh, We had a one of the things is repelling um, mm-hmm. off a. Of, it's a 40-foot tall um, Basically tower and you have to climb up So already climbing up and looking down and liking it and once you get to the top you strap on a rope onto your belt And a loop and then you just slide down jump down this wall You just rappel down and that for me heights heights do it so that got my heart racing and up to where I, I just no Thank you. I don't want to do that and there's other parts of, in the army even, you go airborne, and mm, you okay. go and start jumping out of planes and helicopters, and that's something that I'm, <laughs> I'm alright with. It.
1: To this day, are you still afraid of heights? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you won't get on a roller coaster?
2: I'll get on a roller coaster. I think it's as long as I'm feeling secure, like I trust it, <laughs> if I'm okay, like to yeah. a point even, but if there's any chance that something could go wrong, which on a roller coaster I know there could. But,
1: Anything could go wrong. Yeah,
2: but yeah. I feel... For some reason, I feel better than just, like, jumping out of a plane with just a parachute and mm-hmm. free-fall. Is there
0: else that really didn't, like, push your limits or just, like, the heights?
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that was really, that that was my, my kind of thing over everything I could think about, really. That I was afraid of, but, okay. I mean, in the end, you get over it. They force you to, Yeah. no matter what it is.
1: Well, your time in the Army, Um, what are some awards that you have received or any recognition that you have received or anything?
2: Uh, the most most notable I've uh, quite a few I mean there's mm-hmm. there's archons or army commendation medals and then there's uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, army achievement medals which are like kind of handed out for basic things mm-hmm. Um, and then on deployment I have my per- the two most two I most kind of hold dearest are my purple heart and my combat medic badge which are kind of they symbolize everything like like I had heard about before and that I never thought I'd get and then I ended up getting them one day I was like wow this is kind of opened my eyes.
1: Can you tell me more about the Purple Heart?
2: As far as what it is? What or, it is. Um, So now it's a medal awarded to those wounded or killed in combat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so I had I had an instance in, on deployment where we were on a mission and, and IED had blown up our truck. Mm-hmm. And I was a um, sole medic in our truck and I basically had to just take care of everyone. And oh, wow. So having to do that and then realizing afterwards that I had been hurt myself, I had gotten shrapnel along my leg. Oh, my gosh. And afterwards, um, I had gotten out, and someone was like, hey, doc, you, you're, you're bleeding too. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about? I just couldn't like feel I it. Like, I didn't
1: even feel it. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's all that adrenaline going because, you know, you're so focused on everyone else. It's, like, it's different from training, but what, what impressed me is that even though it was just training all those those years, like <laughs> when the thing happened, it clicked in. And it, it was switched over, like, okay, I know what to do this, this, this. It kind of, like, on autopilot, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was so focused on everybody else. At first I had seen it, it just, it was something small. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, whatever. It's not mine, it's somebody else's. Mm-hmm. I had a gunner on top of me who fell down, so I took care of everyone else. And then we got out of the truck, and they were like, Doc, you're bleeding, and it had gotten bigger. I was like, no, I'm fine, <laughs> I'm still so good. And we went over to another truck, and I started limping a little. I'm like, okay, so I guess, I guess it is me. But... um. Yeah, uh, fortunately everything worked out, everything, everyone reacted how they were supposed to and the mission kind of, even though it kind of took a turn then, mm-hmm. our backup plans to get out of there and take care of everybody worked out and fortunately everyone made it. So it was...
0: Did, mm-hmm. did it ever cross your mind like at that moment like, oh crap, I might die?
2: Yeah, after, <laughs> after kind of the initial explosion and everything just went white, it's all the dust, all the debris and everything, I couldn't see anything and kind of had this, like, ringing, banging to my head, and you just kind of, okay, like, my, my dad, what's going on? Then it starts to clear, and my my glasses have been blown off, and I had parts of my vest cut off, and my helmet's all <laughs> shook, shook, and everything. And you just kind of, okay, like, everything settles in, and someone pops a joke, like, what, what the fuck happened, you know? And you just kind of take it from there. You uh, We just kind of, we're also comfortable with each other and kind of taking care of each other that we kind of learn okay, if something bad happens, we learn things like all right, throw some humor in it, try to
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, diffuse the situation a bit, get everyone calm because no, there's no point in panicking, yeah. it's just to make things worse.
1: What was what was the Im- what was the first image that popped in your head while you were in that situation?
2: There was there's a <laughs> tall guy, his name is Buffington in mm-hmm. front of me and after it cleared I saw his face and he was just as wrong as I I was probably <laughs> probably, probably worse. A super tall guy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing him and it's like he was he was out of it too. And then looking over and then um we had a first star handy, old man handy we called him. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, and he's like, "Whose blood is that? Whose blood is that?" And he's looking at my leg, and so I'm like, "All right, not mine. So I look at my gun; it was on top of me, and he's he's leaned over; he's like kicked out of his hatch, and he fell down. He's got blood on his neck and kind of on his back and everything. It's like, okay, it's obviously him. But those are kind of the first few things that kind of kicked in.
0: So um, you were so, able to react like right away. You weren't like, like stuck at first.
2: Pretty quick. I mean, uh, I'm sure I was. I probably. Would just kind of forced myself out. I got took my gloves off and got everything so I could kind of handle everything my way because all the time you have gloves on to kind of protect yourself. But mm-hmm. for me, it's a lot easier to actually do my work when I had my bare hands, so I just threw them off and got started.
0: Were you able to like not save someone?
2: Uh, there have been, yeah, but fortunately, those unfortunately that happens There, there are people you can save, no matter what there are people who live no matter what you do they look like they they' they sh- you shouldn't survive that but they live and there are people who the other side oh, you should survive that, but then they don't you know it how
1: just, do you cope with that with someone like passing away or it's someone that you know is like not gonna friend, get yeah. any better
2: it's it's hard it definitely it, it takes its toll mm-hmm. um, even even to today, and years mm-hmm. later, it's kind of still sticks with you. There's lots of, fortunately, there's lots of resources after, especially once you come back, people to talk to, or kind of sessions you can go to. And it works differently for everyone. I'm not, not going to say that there's, like, a fix-all. Like, mm-hmm. someone can see something, and then they're affected, and they do what they they, they decide to. But It's just unfortunate, but it, it just depends. For myself, it's kind of... Uh, distract myself or talk to somebody I'm, I'm comfortable with or I trust in so I'll talk to my girlfriend I'll talk to my family I'll talk to someone I might not be willing to open up to mm-hmm. it might change if you know we have something in common or we were there during the same experience other people who you can kind of relate to it kind of helps it ease it mm-hmm. I mean it, it's never easy it's just
1: you learn how to live with it yeah right?
2: yeah you just kind of let it
0: and happen so like in closing is there any advice you can give someone like interested in enlisting in the Army?
2: I just say, do your research. Do your <laughs> <laughs> research like crazy because a lot of those recruiters, are gonna they're going to say what they need to because they're there to fill a quota. They're there to get you to enlist, to mm-hmm. get you to go into that service. as whatever job. They don't care as long as you go in. Um, some will, they, I'm not going to say straight up lie to you, but they will kind of sweeten up the, the Try truth. to
1: encourage you too.
2: Exactly. The little videos they showed of... Certain jobs will show you doing something awesome. You're like, wow, aren't oh, That's crazy. And then you it's end up. It's
1: hidden message.
2: Yeah. You're either sweeping in a motor pool or sweeping outside or mm-hmm. picking <laughs> weeds or something. You know, it's. But I mean, uh, it, it, it is a nice, overall, it's a nice change. It was a nice change of pace for me because I got to see things I, I would never see. I got to go places I would never go. Mm-hmm. And to me, at the time, I was single. I was ready like, to kind of adventure and look around and it, it, it was very valuable I learned a lot and now to this day I have things that are going to take care of me in the future and that I know and that I can use so mm-hmm. yeah, that's all just do, do your research and be 100% sure with what you want to plan and do
1: we appreciate your service yes we yeah. truly admire admire mm-hmm. what you've done for this country
2: <laughs> I appreciate you guys so Thank support and you. your
1: time too for the interview yeah thank you so much for being here no it was thank you guys a- for having me CSU Bakersfield has the Office of Veterans Affairs, which helps our veterans apply for admissions, seek help about the benefits they can qualify for, and overall, be successful in school. So remember to honor your veterans this Veterans Day. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.